This is the Be High on Life podcast with Queen Bee Kelly Renee Baker. We are here to remove the sting from your life and help you discover true joy. Welcome to the Be High on Life podcast. I'm dedicated to empowering you to transform your life in big and small ways. I am the Queen Bee and your host, Kelly Renee Baker. I believe your personal transformation is the key to overcoming strongholds with your health, business, finances, and relationships so you can be high on life and life alone to live the victorious life God intended. Each week I discuss a topic with listeners, answer questions that have been sent in, share stories of transformation, as well as do monthly guest interviews. Welcome back to The Hive. This week, I will be discussing what it means to be high on life regarding your emotions. As always, sit back, relax, unless you're driving, then you keep those eyes on the road and your ears on me, and enjoy episode 004 of the Be High on Life podcast. Last week, we talked about being high on life spiritually. I feel like we barely touched on the topic, so we will return to it soon, for sure. But today we're going to talk about being emotionally high on life and what that looks like and how you can have it. I bet I know what you're wondering. How can I control my emotions? Well, like most things, there's no easy answer. For one, many things affect our emotions, from hormones to chemical imbalances, life circumstances, our personality, and so much more. This means sometimes the answer may be more complicated than simple. My simple answer in learning to control your emotions is to breathe. I say this all the time, but most people either don't take me seriously or don't believe me, or sometimes they just forget to do it in the moment. To breathe in order to relax, to regain your focus, and to remain calm. I also suggest practicing this deep breathing often. When you learn to breathe properly, it will help you to be composed and in control of self. This is truly an act of love for self and for others. It's a choice. When a person experiences stress, our natural go-to or our knee-jerk reaction seems to be to hold our breath in or we actually take shallow breaths, which isn't good for the brain, your body, or circumstances at hand. If you want to be high on life in the area of your emotions, it is important that you learn to listen to yourself with compassion. I have mentioned awareness several times and I will be doing an entire podcast episode in the near future covering awareness because awareness is vital to life. When it comes to emotions, the more aware you are of how you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and what you can and should do in relation will make a tremendous difference. People are always saying, just breathe or just take a deep breath. However, 
I learned from Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, which is an amazing program, by the way. There is more to it than just breathing or just taking a deep breath. It is how we breathe that makes the difference. So what Dr. Becky Bailey teaches is what is called belly breathing. You want your belly to extend outward as you breathe in through your nose. What you don't want is your shoulders going up or moving in an upward motion. In the beginning, it can be really helpful to place your hands on your stomach to make sure your tummy is inflating outward as you breathe in through your nose and you aren't breathing upward with your lungs and shoulders. So what it should be is you breathe in through your nose as your stomach extends. Breathe in for as long as you can. Hold it for as long as you can without a burst of release and without you passing out. So you should breathe out through your mouth as slowly as you can and allow your stomach to deflate. So you want to do this three times. So again, it's breathe in through your nose as your stomach extends. Breathe in as long as you can. You want to hold it as long as you can. And then you want to slowly breathe out through your mouth as your stomach deflates. Do that at least three times. What this does is help you get out of your limbic brain or your emotional state of your brain, and it moves your brain to a higher or a better state for optimal thinking, for problem solving, and optimal behavior. That's what we all should want. That's what we need. We need it for ourselves. You need it for yourself and we need it for this world. I don't want to get too scientific or out of my scope of expertise, but the reason I mentioned hormones earlier is because hormones do have a tremendous impact on your behavior and your well-being. They often get overlooked or dismissed though. So when you're stressed, your serotonin levels in the brain are lowered. Stress can also cause a fall in your dopamine levels. This is what leaves you feeling unmotivated, tired, even hopeless at times. And I'm not suggesting at all that breathing alone can cure everything. But I am saying it can help you in a moment of need, as well as help to clear your head so you can focus better on what you need to do for you. Now, that may mean that you need to seek out a doctor or a mental health professional. I have done both, and believe me, both of those things have helped to save my life. We can't be afraid, especially as Christians, to not seek out help. Jesus, of course, is the one true physician. But as you know, on earth, we sometimes need what I call supplemental care. You should always turn to prayer first, but that doesn't mean that you can't seek out and use 
some earthly assistance as well. Jesus, along with the proper care from medication, continued prayer, counseling, those types of things, they can help get you to a much better place. I would rather be in a balanced state with Jesus and Lexapro than remain out of whack and out of sorts on a daily basis. God knows your heart and he knows your needs. He won't shame you for seeking outside help. Only other humans will do that. I have been in those places. I've had those difficult days and times where I have dealt with depression or anxiety or both. It's not fun. It's not easy. And we know that life isn't always easy. Rewinding back to a life that seems like a lifetime ago, back when I was in my first marriage, just to give you a little background on me, I normally am a bubbly personality. I like to have fun and laugh and enjoy life. I am a busy bee, so to speak. I like to stay busy. I have always liked to be busy. I am not the type of person who can and will just sit around watching TV. I guarantee if I am in front of a TV, I'm doing something else. That's just how I roll. I've always been that way. I used to annoy my sisters. We'd be watching a movie and I would be scrapbooking or doing something else and then I'd ask a question about the movie and it would irritate them because they were like, Kelly, hello, pay attention to the movie and you'll know what's going on in the movie. But that, again, that's just not me. I'm always doing something. And I give that backstory so you'll know when I share this next piece of the story that I was in an unusual state. I found myself watching TV for hours at a time and it wasn't because I was doing something else. I was basically zoning out. I couldn't tell you what I watched, for how long I watched it, or if I even watched or paid any attention to it. In this first marriage, I felt like I was losing mine, my mind. I felt like I was just, I felt out of control. The man I was married to at that time basically convinced me that I was bipolar. And I started to believe that, so I went to the doctor. And again, I think it's important that we seek outside help. I, of course, also was praying daily, reading my Bible daily, spending time with God. But I went to the doctor. I told him the situation, how I was feeling. And first of all, he told me, someone might be bipolar, but it's not you. That, of course, was a relief to me. But then he told me, you have depression, mild depression. And he suggested that I try some medication, which, as I've shared before, is Lexapro. I think I started on 10 milligrams of Lexapro. Within, I would say, two weeks, I really noticed a difference in myself. I was getting back to 
doing things, not sitting in front of a TV and zoning out, but, you know, doing things, being my busy bee self. And also, I felt this fog lift from my eyes, from my prayers being answered. Again, I believe wholeheartedly in the combination. I do believe the older I've gotten, the wiser I've gotten. I know I still have a long way to go, but knowledge and time with God has definitely helped. But at that time, I definitely needed answers outside of myself and my prayer time. And that's when the medication came in and this fog started to lift. I saw the man I was married to with different eyes. I started to recognize who I had become and was becoming, and I didn't really like it. And I knew that God wanted more for me. With that, I started seeking God more. Because I was in a better frame of mind, because my brain was no longer in a... I wasn't in my limbic state all the time any longer. I wasn't seeking safety or survival all of the time. So that is when you're thinking from your brainstem. I wasn't in either one of those states anymore. I had moved to that is when we can truly make transformation and change in our life. When I was thinking from my brainstem and from my limbic system, I was seeking out things to fill the void and to numb the pain that were not healthy for me. Believe me when I tell you, there are things out there that you can turn to. Drugs, food, alcohol, men, so many other fixes. They fill the void. They numb the pain. They fix the imbalances. But it's temporary and it's not healthy. What we do when we turn to all of these addictions and unhealthy things is we dig a deeper hole for ourselves. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there more times than I want to count. But when we seek healthier ways to fill that void, to numb the pain, to fix the imbalances, that's when we will start to go through this transformational process. And as I have shared on a past podcast episode, the process is a process. It takes time. It is a journey, but it is worth it. Ultimately, I believe we need God first and foremost, but I also believe that God has provided things to supplement our care, especially until we learn to fully trust and rely on God, because that in and of itself is a process as well. Most of all, remember that God doesn't shame. He loves you and he guides you. I believe you are here today listening to this podcast for a reason. Please know that you are not alone. I felt so alone for so many years. My life was defined by not good enough. And I thought I was the only one that felt that way. I thought I was the only one that didn't measure up to the rest of the world. If you are using something unhealthy to fill a void or to heal a hurt in your life, please hear me when I say there is a much better, much healthier, multiple better and healthier ways for you to deal with what is hurting 
in your life. Pain is an inevitable, inevitable part of life, but misery is a choice. I made that choice to get out of the misery. And now I'm here telling you that God and I are both here for you to help you walk out of your misery. You no longer have to experience the sting of life on a daily basis. You can be high on life. You can start today to take control of your emotions so your emotions don't control you. Like I said at the beginning, your emotions are not bad. It's allowing the emotions to take you over, basically. That's when things can get difficult. Use your emotions for good. Become emotionally high on life. Embrace your emotions. Be in control of your emotions and you will begin to see a beautiful transformational process in your life. As always, I want to thank you for being here today. This is Kelly Renee Baker wishing you a blessed day and reminding you to be high on life. That's it for this week. I look forward to next time. Until then, remember you can remove the sting from life and discover true joy. Connect with Kelly on her website at kellyreneebaker.com, where you can subscribe to emails, join the hive, as well as find show notes, links, and other resources shared in each podcast episode. If you haven't yet, Kelly would be honored if you would leave a review and feedback. Five stars are always appreciated, as is kind, constructive criticism, and compliments.